As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm legally blind. I have retinitis pigmentosa. I'm stuck on disability, and now I'm on dialysis. I'm on disability. I am on a fixed income through Social Security. I am on Social Security disability. It's trying to live month to month, even trying to make it. Right now, currently, I am behind in my rent, and it's impacted me greatly because for our church, I work the food pantry, and we can't do that, so that limits resources that come to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I am angry. I'm angry at the fact that we don't receive this along with people who are on unemployment. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the Badger State is blocking a group of people with disabilities from federal unemployment assistance. The state blames federal rules. So why does Wisconsin stand alone? Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire, here with my colleague Brian Polson. Hi, Brian. Hey, good morning, Amanda. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, June 16th. And today, we're talking about an unemployment issue that's affecting people with disabilities. Now, before we get into your reporting on this subject, Amanda, it's important to lay some groundwork about what Social Security Disability Insurance is. That's right. Social Security Disability Insurance became law in July 1956. It's a federal program that pays benefits to you and certain members of your family if you're insured. That insurance comes from taxes you and your employer pay. So for the most part, Social Security Disability, uh, or SSDI, when we're talking about Social Security Disability Insurance, is considered an earned benefit because you've paid into it. Now, it's different if you've been disabled for your entire life. In that case, you qualify for Social Security Disability once you turn 18. Um, But for the most part, it is considered that earned benefit. And qualifying for it is not easy. How does that work? Well, from the start of the program more than 70 years ago, there were concerns people would pretend to be disabled in order to get Social Security disability insurance. And that's why qualifying isn't easy. The application process takes months. You need various levels of medical sign-offs. And typically, fewer than 40% of applicants are awarded those benefits. Now, this is the important part. There's a misconception that being on Social Security disability means you can't work at all because of your disability. What it actually means is that your disability prevents you from substantial gainful activity. So the U.S. government sets a threshold. This year it's right around $1,260 per month. That's roughly $15,000 per year. If your disability is the reason you make less than that amount, that's when you could qualify for Social Security disability. Cafeteria workers, uh, airport shuttle drivers. I have one person who's a radiologist. 
at a hospital, a receptionist at a hospital, a sales associate at an Old Navy store. Uh, so they're working just, you know, regular jobs getting between nine to 12 to $13 an hour. Um, and they're working 10 to 15 hours a week in order to make ends meet. That's what the SSDI program does is kind of get these people to work what they can do and then to transition to full-time work if that's possible. That's Victor Forberger. He's an attorney who helps people get unemployment benefits. He says the Social Security Disability Program actually encourages people to work as much as they can. The idea is, okay, you start on some part-time work. Maybe eventually you can go full-time and not be on Social Security Disability at all. And many need at least that part-time work because they can't afford to live off just their Social Security disability payments alone. It varies from person to person what kind of payment you're going to get, but the average usually hovers around $1,200 per month that you're going to get from Social Security disability. So you're encouraged to work part-time. Um, a lot of people who are doing that, uh, like Victor said, it's a variety of part-time jobs. But then you lose that job because of the pandemic, like so many people did. And now your income is cut down considerably. So in the story we did that we aired um, on Fox 6 News, we did some quick math. If you are bringing in $1,200 per month from Social Security Disability, you're bringing in $800 per month from your part-time job, that's around $24,000 a year. But if you lose that job because of the pandemic, you're down to just over 14000 per year. That's a considerable loss of employment. And you might think, all right, well, that's when you file for unemployment benefits. That's what it's for. But that's exactly where this story gets complicated. So, man, if you start really at the like the 10,000 foot level of all of this, I've been doing investigative reporting for many years, and this is the very kind of thing I might have investigated, which is people who appeared to be benefit shopping. They got social security disability, but they were also applying for unemployment. One means you can't work. The other means you're supposed to be able to, and it would look like double dipping. That might be, I imagine, what the state of Wisconsin was trying to eliminate in in stepping in here and making this more difficult. But from what you're pointing out, there's there's a gray area in there where some people are really getting hurt by this. Yes. So in 2013, Wisconsin became the only state to make it so that no matter what, if you are on Social Security disability insurance, you cannot get unemployment for any reason. Um, You know, even if you can kind of make the case, hey, this was appropriate supplemental work as allowed under the law and I lost my supplemental work. Nope, you don't get any unemployment benefits. So Wisconsin made that law in 2013. At the time, Wisconsin was the only state to do that. But the state of North Carolina shortly followed suit with a very similar law. And actually, when you look at the documents that were going back and forth and as the case was being made for this law, um, that kind of benefit shopping you described Uh, Brian, that's exactly what they referred to. So they referred to a man who had gone from state to state to state. He was claiming to be disabled, but he was doing full-time contracting work. Um, And so he was collecting disability. He was making more than um, what was allowed in order to be collecting disability under the law. And then, of course, he's getting paid for his work. Now, eventually he was caught, but that was an example of of what they were trying to stop. 
If you talk to someone like Victor Forberger, who of course is viewing this through the lens of trying to help clients who are on social security disability get unemployment benefits during the pandemic, he says, look, yeah, that happens and that's bad and and we should try to prevent that. But that doesn't mean you have a blanket uh, rule that prevents everyone from getting it. So this is what happened in 2013. Fast forward to now. During the pandemic, we have something called Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. It's known as PUA. And that's that $600 per week that the federal government is giving, even to groups that typically don't qualify for unemployment benefits. So typically, if you're an independent contractor, you don't qualify for unemployment. That temporary extra lifeline to get people through this very difficult time. Exactly. Exactly. And so with that logic, attorneys like Victor Forberger are saying, "Okay, well, people who are on Social Security disability, they're kind of the same as independent contractors, where typically they don't qualify for unemployment, but the language of the law sure makes it appear as though they can at least get this extra $600 a week if they've lost their employment due to the pandemic. And so that was the case he was making. And in fact, North Carolina interpreted that uh, pandemic unemployment assistance, the PUA, as applying to people on Social Security disability. Wisconsin did not take that interpretation. And so, you know, if you would go on their website, it would say, if you're on Social Security disability, you do not qualify for this federal assistance. Um, and, and we started asking questions about that. We wanted to know where they got that interpretation. Why is Wisconsin, which has a, an extremely similar law to North Carolina, taking such a different interpretation, especially as we're talking to people who have lost that job that brought in $600 a month or $800 a month or people who were part of that program? Um, that Social Security Disability has called Ticket to Work, where it's encouraging you to transition to full-time work to get off of Social Security Disability. So they're saying, hey, I was doing the right thing to try to, you know, by that mentality, not be on government benefits, and now I'm, I'm kind of being punished for it here. So Department of Workforce Development came back and said, well, this is actually based on federal guidance that we got from the Department of Labor. Department of Labor is saying, you have this state law, Wisconsin, and that means that you need to do A, B, and C, and that includes not giving the pandemic unemployment assistance, that federal $600 a week, to people on Social Security disability insurance. But after our reporting, the state kind of changed its tune. So actually, just yesterday, I came across this letter from Wisconsin's Department of Workforce Development uh, to the feds saying, hey, we really think people on Social Security disability, according to the law, do qualify for federal unemployment assistance, and we're asking you to change your guidance here. So it's still very much uh, a back and forth right now as to whether this group of people can get assistance. It's a huge change. We We just got that in last night. Um, and it, that's not to say that the federal guidance will change. If it doesn't change, I, I don't see Wisconsin uh, trying to go the other way and, and take a different interpretation. Um, but it it is an interesting development. And we are in a position now where it could be that this door is opened for people who are on Social Security disability insurance.
that's not going to happen overnight. So I'm sure you'll continue to follow that. But in the meantime, you know, when you did the math for this story and, and you used a calculator and you sort of showed the numbers, it was, it was very eye-opening in particular because you talked about what I believe is sort of the average or the standard uh, disability check in Wisconsin. And it came out to around, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but around $14,400 per year. Yeah, it's the the average changes from year to year and your social security disability insurance payment is going to be um, you know, different depending on the person, but usually the the average monthly payment is around 1200 a month. So 1400 a year or 14,000 pardon me a year. Yeah. When you think about that as a living wage or in a, something to survive on, it's not a lot. And and for a lot of people, it's not going to be enough to pay the bills and pay the rent and keep the refrigerator and the pantry full. Um, So that extra six or eight hundred dollars a month you're talking about with that part time job that they're encouraged to get if they can. That can be the make or break in just staying afloat from month to month. Is that right? That's right. And that's what we talk to people who say, look, I, I've never missed a rent payment and I'm behind on my rent. Um, you ha- I talk to other people who also do um, what's known as uh, in-kind services. So, for example, there's one woman who is legally blind. Um, she hasn't been able to find full-time employment because of that issue. But she is able to work at a food pantry where she's kind of sitting there that there it's a few hours a week but as a result she gets food from doing this service well that got shut down during the pandemic so now her major food source is cut off um so we we, we spoke to a lot of people uh, about that issue but one thing they all emphasized and they all have uh, various levels of disabilities but they said their big thing is that uh, they feel like there's a perception that they're getting rich off of these social security disability payments or that they're trying to live off the system. And they're saying, look, I worked for 20, 30, 40 years in some cases. I paid into this insurance program. This is the payment that I'm getting now that my disability keeps me from having substantial work. I still am able to do some work and want to work. All these people are saying we want to work. Um, and and now I, I feel like I'm I'm getting punished for it because I, too, have lost my job, just like my next door neighbor. But simply because I'm on Social Security disability, um, I'm not eligible for any assistance whatsoever. So there was a, a large level of, of frustration. Now, I did, uh, if you're kind of taking that bird's eye view, um, you know, I did speak with the National Employment Law Project. Now, this is a group that is very much uh, in favor of having laws that they feel are favorable to employees. So, you know, they are not necessarily a fan of Wisconsin's ban on Social Security disability uh, insurance uh, recipients receiving unemployment. They, They wish that Wisconsin had not done that. But they did say that in the big picture, they feel like Wisconsin's blanket ban, as they called it, is a fairly harsh policy, and they also disagree with Wisconsin's interpretation that those people uh, do not qualify for that federal unemployment assistance. Okay, but that's really what stands out in this story here is that Wisconsin is an island. 48 other states 
were, were uh, you know, had a different uh, view of things when it just came to whether or not you could have those unemployment benefits. And then when you got to the special pandemic unemployment uh, benefits, Wisconsin became a complete island. 49 other states all go the other way. Why is Wisconsin the maverick here and, and doing something that no one else seems to be doing? And that's what I keep asking Department of Workforce Development, um, because also keep in mind, and I know that the the state's 2013 uh, ban on uh, SSDI recipients also receiving unemployment is, it's a separate issue, but it's an intertwined issue because it, it kind of led up to what we're dealing with now. That was a different administration. That was the Scott Walker administration. Um, and that was a, a much more libertarian, Republican ideology. We are now in the Evers administration, which is a Democrat administration. And it, actually, Governor Evers himself has tried to put forth some unemployment reforms. So I wanted to know why this particular administration was taking that interpretation. And I didn't get a, a straight answer on that. I, I know that I've, I've talked to other people who work for the department who were not authorized to speak to the media but, you know, they basically said that this is something where they feel like they have to be very careful because if they interpret this incorrectly and something comes back and the federal government says, whoa, 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 because of the way your state law works, you can't do that. They feel like that's a bigger mess to unravel than it is to take the more strict interpretation. But if you take that more strict interpretation and then later it gets flipped, that means you have all these people who haven't been receiving their assistance and going back and making sure they get it. That's a very difficult process as well. So, so there's, um, there's a legal analysis here, obviously, that's yes. beyond most of our heads. And there's also a political calculation, I would imagine, that, that factors into some of this in terms of how the administration re- responds. And this administration, you've been reporting on this day after day, week after week, has received a lot of criticism for the handling of unemployment benefits in general. And so this is just a small slice of that. Does that begin to uh, wear on this administration a bit? They've certainly received a lot of heat for the inability to get benefits to people who have the right to them. And now you're dealing with a case where there's a, a legal disagreement over whether or not a certain segment of the population uh, should even be getting them. Well, and I think that's why that, that letter that I just received last night that the um, Department of Workforce Development Secretary Caleb Frostman sent to the feds, I, I that's probably where that letter comes from, where he's he's basically begging them to allow Wisconsin to give unemployment payments, the, the federal assistance, to people on Social Security disability insurance. And I, I do think that's part of where this comes from. This administration has expressed frustration because they feel like they're being blamed for a series of changes that the previous administration, the Walker administration, took um, to, in their words, weaken Wisconsin's unemployment benefits and weaken the system. And, And we've done stories about those claims. But on the other side, Republican lawmakers say, no, this is an administrative failure. You can't just blame all this on the other guy. You guys have been here now for more than a year. You've had 
time to grasp this system. You haven't really asked us for huge, significant changes, so what's going on? And that's the the back and forth that's going on right now. So Republicans are frustrated that they feel like everything's getting blamed on what Scott Walker did. And the Evers administration, they feel like they're getting blamed for what Scott Walker did. So I want to uh, go back to the start of all of this because you you we started this podcast with those interviews with all of these different women who talked to you about being in this rough spot mm-hmm. and they aren't in on the conversations that are going on between the Department of Workforce Development and the federal government. They're just sitting at home waiting and, and trying to find out, am I going to get some help? What is the likelihood they're going to see something? Is help coming or is this something that even in the best case could take weeks or months to resolve? Well, I'll tell you right now that even in the best case, this will take a long time to resolve. Let's say that today it comes out that Wisconsin says, hey, we've talked to the feds. They say that we can give Social Security disability recipients their their federal assistance. Well, first of all, that federal assistance only goes through July. We only have about a month of that left. But then you need to go through all the people who were denied, who applied, and all the people who never applied for it because right there on the DWD website, it says you will not receive your federal assistance if you're on Social Security disability. And it's all we already have a backlog in the system untangling that. Um, I know people are going through appeals hearings, which are taking months. I mean, best case scenario, people could be waiting months. And we're now at a point where um, landlords are allowed to evict people, uh, you know, as as different things have lifted. And if you have people who are behind on their rent, who are having trouble getting food, um, you know, that's that's going to be an issue. So it's something we're keeping an eye on. And unfortunately, for the people sitting at home waiting, it's it's not a lot of comfort. Even if everything gets reversed today, they're still going to be waiting and they still feel like they don't really have very many lifelines left. I suppose the one hope they have right now, at least in the short term, is that more and more employers are able to bring people back, food pantries are reopening, things that could give them that part-time work back. That's got to be the hope in the short term, because it sounds to me like that's more likely than these benefits coming through. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's what a lot of people are hanging their hat on. But as one woman kind of, and it's a cynical viewpoint, but it's cynicism because it's what she's experienced you know, she said, if, if they're only going to bring back a few employees, do you really think they're going to bring back the ones with disabilities first? Um, and and that's that's the question. Um, if they were able to do less strenuous labor at a job where there were plenty of other employees to do the strenuous part and employers are bringing back some people, but not everybody, who do you think is going to get brought back first? And and that's the big question. We appreciate all the work you've done in following this issue. I know that our news managers have been very interested in you continuing to follow it. It affects so many people across the state in what has been one of the more difficult years in, uh, in, in modern memory. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. We are going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So if there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at fox.com. 
Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done that already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. And for Brian Polson, we will be back with our next regularly scheduled episode on Thursday. Thursday.